Father, we do thank you that you are the King, uh, the Lord Almighty, and we thank you that we can be here in your name and we pray as we engage our minds with some of the deepest truths that your word has to offer in this first section of Ephesians that you might make us wise, you might help us to rejoice in what we should be rejoicing in, you might help us to live the way that we've been li- we should be living, uh, we might honour you in everything we say and do. Amen. Well, how's your spiritual health going at the moment? If I was to pay you a little doctor's visit, not a a medical doctor, I don't have any stethoscopes or blood pressure things to test you with, but if I was to do a spiritual health check with you, how do you think you'd stack up? Are you in a good place at the moment? We've been doing a spiritual health check with all the leadership of the church over the last couple of weeks. We haven't quite got to everyone yet, but there's 40 or so people who run Bible studies and parish council and youth groups and all those kind of things. Uh, And we've been meeting one on one with them over the holidays. But I didn't want you guys to feel like you were missing out. Uh, And so we're going to do a quick spiritual health check right now. Okay, I'm going to ask you a series of self-diagnosis questions. And uh, we're going to get you to be putting up your hands, okay? And if you're really embarrassed about it, you might want to do one of these, okay? All right. <laughs> All right, okay. All right, put your hand up if you think you're doing really well in your personal devotional life. You're yeah, praying and reading the Bible, you know, really well. It's really enjoyable, okay? All right, who's struggling? All right, okay. Who's not being honest one way or the other? <laughs> uh, uh, who's got a beef with God at the moment? Some or some area you think, what the heck is God doing? Uh, all right. Who's got it all squared away? You know exactly what God's doing. Uh, all right. Okay. Uh, who's been struggling with a particular sin for a while now? You know, it's got its grip on you and you don't know how to kill it. And you might want to do it. Yeah, definitely. Otherwise, everyone's going to ask you what it is. They won't want to associate with you at morning. Yeah, <laughs> or you'll get everyone coming up going, we're going to pray for you. you know? <laughs> um, what is it? We want to know. No, so, uh, okay, if you had to rate yourself from 1 to 10, okay, with 10 being the purest, holiest, uh, most wonderful Christian who's ever existed and 1 being you feel like a complete pagan at the moment, uh, where would you rate yourself? Okay, we're just going to go through, okay, who rates themselves a one, complete pagan? We have someone at 8 o'clock put up their hand at this point. <laughs> uh, two, just a bit better. Uh, three, four, five, six. Yeah, good middle ground, everyone. Seven, <laughs> eight, nine. That means everyone else is going to put their hand up for ten, right? Ten! <laughs> All right. We are blessed by your presence. Uh, okay, all right. On a scale of 1 to 10, how blessed are you feeling by God at the moment? Do you think you're living the blessed life? I go zero, 1 to 10, 1, no blessings at all, 10, I've got, got it all, I'm amazing. You know, God's given me everything. Uh, okay, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, Six, seven, okay, so we're starting to get some. Eight, nine, ten. Anyone got a ten? No, Jeremy, well, you're living in perfection anyway, so <laughs> of course you're feeling best by God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was interesting at eight o'clock, the person who put up their hand for one, I'm a complete pagan, also put up their hand for ten, completely blessed by God. Anyway, uh, so, well, 
<laughs> so there's help for all of those things and more and be very happy uh, to talk with you one-to-one -one about any of those issues or anything else you might want to talk about. In fact, that's what Dave and I are paid to do and help you through. Uh, but I can help you right now with that last one. Blessing. Ephesians chapter 1 is all about blessing. And we're going to see that God is not stingy when it comes to his blessings. He's not mean. He's not holding out on you. Uh, if you are his, he not only wants to abundantly bless you, but that he has already abundantly blessed you. Uh, in fact, I want you to go home today rejoicing in God, singing his praises that everything it is possible for God to give us spiritually, he has already given us. You have it all. And so whatever else is going on spiritually with the sins and the devotions and the things you're struggling with, the beef you've got with God, or whatever else, the things that they're working on, on the blessing front at least, don't be jealous, don't be discontent, don't be confused by those who might tell you there's another step in spiritual blessing that you haven't received yet if you're already his child. And in a sense, that's what all of Ephesians chapter 1 is about, the blessings of God that he's bestowed on his church when he called us into existence. But it's more than that because here in just a few lines of text is the whole plan and purpose of God, which is tied up with his love, abundantly poured out in the planning, the saving, the calling and the construction of his church, which includes you and me. And over this whole term as we run up to Christmas, uh, we're going to work through verse by verse in great detail each aspect uh, we're going to look in depth at it. What is one of the most profound and deepest passages of the whole Bible? Yes, it might only be a couple of hundred words long, but what's said here encapsulates and summarises the whole counsel of God. Okay, so if there's one chapter of the Bible to memorise, and Dave's going to challenge us that with later, uh, he's, he's devoting himself to memorising his chapter. Uh, well, we can join him. Uh, it says it all. And it says it all in two sentences. In Greek, this is two sentences. Uh, verses 3 to 14 is one sentence in Greek. Verses 15 to 23 is one sentence in Greek. And so it's tightly packed stuff. It's dense. It's rich. And that's why we're going to be teasing it apart over the next 10 weeks, looking at the incredible truths which constitute Christian doctrine. Okay? And if you get nothing else out of this term, I want you to go away thinking, doctrine's really exciting and really, really useful. Doctrine changes stuff. Now, before we dive into one particular idea today and just one verse, I wanted to see a couple of things about the whole section, just a sort of introduction to the whole term. Notice the time frame that the passage covers. It's huge. It sweeps from eternity past to eternity future and it covers every single thing in between. Okay, verse 4 speaks of what happened before the creation of the world. You know, that's a long time ago. As he planned out the whole operation and future of the universe, in fact, God planned you before he'd even made anything. That's astonishing, isn't it? And verse 10, he talks about the end of the world and what happens in eternity what is going to happen in the eternal future, what God is bringing about, what God is going to do. Verse 9, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good purpose, uh, his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, 
to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, that's the future, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. This is what everything is all it's what it's all for. That's where God is taking the universe, where it's all heading. Everything is for Jesus, so that he will be the undisputed king of all. So from eternity past to eternity future, the scope is huge. And yet it's not just abstract theory, you know, a sort of philosophical view of time and reality. This is personal stuff that affects us every day. This is stuff that profoundly shapes our decisions our actions, how we see ourselves and what we aim for ourselves in life. And so unlike Colossians, which we've been working through the last couple of months, uh, which was pretty straightforward and introductory, as Paul writes to new Christians who he's only heard about and just sort of laying down the basic truths of the faith, here Paul's writing to these guys in Ephesus who he spent years with teaching, training, evangelising, shaping, moulding, discipling. He ran daily lectures for three years and Ephesus was fast becoming one of the main centres of learning for Christianity over the next few hundred years. So Colossians is kind of like entree. Uh, Ephesians is the main meal. It's the meaty stuff. And he opens up the whole thing with this very simple looking but incredible statement of praise in verse 3, which we're looking at today. This is all we're looking at today, one verse. Uh, Let me read it to you again. Verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, I don't normally do this, but uh, in the outline on the inside, bottom right-hand column, uh, I've printed the Greek sentence of Ephesians 1, verse 3. Except it wraps over a couple of lines because it wouldn't fit across the page. And uh, it's got it in Greek and then underneath that I've just turned the Greek letters into English letters and so you can pronounce those words if you want to go home and impress your friends. You could learn the whole chapter in Greek as we go on. Uh, um, but under that's what the word means in English. It's a pretty much word-for-word translation, the, uh, the, the J-I-V, the Joe International Version. Anyway, uh, and you'll see the same word appears there three times. Okay, anyone spot it? Blessed. There you go, I highlighted it for you. And so it should read, Blessed be God, uh, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who has blessed us with all blessings spiritual in the heavenlies in Christ. So the whole thing is about blessings. And the Greek word behind the word blessing there is uh, from eulogo, uh, from which we get our English word eulogy. Yeah, anyone given a good eulogy lately or heard a good eulogy lately? Uh, what's a eulogy? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it happens at a funeral. It's a testament to their deeds, to their life. Uh, but it's, al- it's always good. Uh, and that's what it means. It's to speak good of someone. Uh, to honour them, to, to praise them, to say kind things about them. And the Greek word eulogo can mean that and does mean that, but it can also mean to do good. Okay, It's not just say good things, but do good things as well. And so you can speak a blessing, you can be a blessing in someone else's life, you're the good thing in their life, uh, and you can give blessing. That is, you, you might do something good for someone, might be words, actions, be a gift, but either way you're doing good to them. And Paul here in this one little statement gives us six profound insights about God and blessing. 
Can you see the six insights there? Is it obvious? The first insight we're given is that God himself is the blessed one. He is the one to whom all blessings are due. Blessed be God, or as the NIV has it, praise God. Speak well of him. Yell out his wonders uh, to him, uh, to anyone who will listen. It's that first sense of the word, eulogo. Uh, and if you've got your Bible reading glasses on, you'd notice that that's a chorus that echoes right through the pages of the Bible, right from the start to the end. In fact, Melchizedek in Genesis 14 was the first one who says it. He comes out and talks to Abraham and says, Blessed be the God Most High. And Revelation chapter 5.13 in that great song, everyone's standing around the throne and saying, Blessing and honour and glory and power. Be the one who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. God is the blessed one. He is good and he deserves to hear it from us. And we are to bless God because he is good. You know, unlike at some funerals where the person being spoken about, you know they're a rotter, okay? And all of a sudden they've turned into Mother Teresa, you know, and you think, are we, are we at the right funeral here? <laughs> but God is good. And not just that he's good to me, he is good full stop. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 19:17, there is no one good but God alone. So if there's anyone who needs to be eulogised, it's God. God is good in and of himself. He's good in his moral character. He's good in his wisdom, which sees you know, things that we're not able to see, even though it looks like it's all falling apart. He's got it under control. He's, he's good in his perfect decision-making, which always results in what he intends. And so he should be honoured by us, verbally uh, thanked, praised, blessed because of it. And I think there's a real challenge for us in that. I mean, it just looks like this throwaway couple of ways to start a letter. But why does Paul put it as the first statement? Of all the things to know about God and blessing, that God is to be blessed, he is the blessed one. Uh, well, I take it as because we're very prone to take from God all his benefits and never thank and praise him for them, right? You know, partly it's because we, we live in the moment. Partly it's because we just see the things that are, that are in front of our eyes and we're easily distracted. Partly it's because we often focus on the problems rather than the good things. I mean, 99% of things could be going great in our life. You know, we've got home and family and friends and food and all these things. Uh, and yet there's, you know, I've got a sore toe. Oh, man, that's oh, I'm a sore toe. I'm going to tell everyone about it and how horrible my life is. <laughs> um, all those things contribute. But I think the real issue is we're just self-centred. We're sinful. Our desire is to be the one that the universe is all about. And we've got to realise all that God is and all the things that God does, both in providing for us as human beings, the everyday things of life, and especially what he provides for us as Christians, all ought to turn back to God in praise. In fact, as he goes on, he explains that that is why God made the universe. He didn't make it for us. He made it for himself. It's not just a throwaway line that God be praised, blessed be God. This is the whole point of the universe. Indeed, three times through that first Greek sentence from verses 4 to 14, uh, Paul, as he recounts the blessings of God, he continually says it's all to his praise. Verse 5, in love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Why? To the praise of his glorious grace. Verse 11, 
in him we were chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of the will, in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. Or verse 13, having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. Why? To the praise of God's glory. This is the point of life. This is why God planned you before he made the world. This is why you exist. This is why he has saved you. This is why he works wonders in your life and where he's driving all things. It's all for his glory that his praises might echo throughout eternity. So that's the first thing to see. The second thing is that God is not only the blessed one to whom all blessings are due, but he's also the giver of all blessings. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed. See, where does all blessing come from in the end? Uh, well, it comes from God. James 1.17 puts it this way, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good thing you have, every good thing in your life, it all comes from the hand of God. And even when things look tough and bad, and it's been a, a shocking week for several people in our congregation and in our community uh, around here, even when things look bad, God is working for good. So Romans 8.28, Now we know that in all things, and he's just been talking about the sufferings of the creation and the universe and the, the, the cries of pain, we know that in all things God works together for good, for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. See, God is the giver of all blessings. But is it just anyone he gives his blessings to? Who, who does God bless? Is it everyone? Is it some? Is it Who are the blessed? Well, who are they? Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed. Well, you tell me. He's blessed David. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. He's blessed, yeah, well, he's blessed us. Uh -huh. And you might say, well, who is the us? Uh -huh. Well, you go back to the greeting of the letter, back uh, in verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, to the faithful in Christ Jesus. There you go, the us, the saints, the faithful in Christ Jesus, not only in Ephesus but all who read this letter. Now, there's a lot of confusion, of course, over the word saints, uh, you know, the, the Apostles' Creed and Nicene Creed talk about the communion of saints. And I think we're often, you know, you read that and we're tempted to think of the special great ones, you know, in church history, you know, St. Paul, you know, our own St. Barnabas or St. Alban, whoever he is. <laughs> uh, but that's because the word saint was hijacked in the Middle Ages to create a system of levels from us plebs up to God. You know, there's us plebs at the bottom, uh, there's the priests, you know, who, who stand between us and God, who mediate, uh, mediate us to God and God to us. Then there's the saints above them, you know, the, uh, the blessed holy ones who, who were really righteous in their life and they've ascended to heaven and they have God's ear. And so you can pray to the saints and say, hey, buddy, St. Paul or St. Barnabas or St. Elwin, can you ask God uh, some stuff for me because I know that you'll be able to twist his arm because I can't because I'm a pleb. 
Um, and then above the saints, there's Mary, and then above Mary is Jesus, and then there's God the Father. Uh, and so you work your way up the chain. Well, it's all nonsense, right? It's a lie. When you see the word saints in the Bible, it's talking about Christians. Uh, it literally means holy ones. Uh, and it's referring to the fact that we've been made holy in Jesus Christ. See, when he died for us on the cross, he purified us. He, he took our sins upon himself and, and we took on his righteousness, that imputation word that we just sang about, so that we are seen as, and we are, holy in God's sight despite the fact that we still fail and sin every day. And so that's who the us is. Anyone who trusts in Jesus Christ and, and belong to him, that we are the blessed ones. So you may look around the world and you see people living a charmed existence without Jesus. Uh, maybe they're thriving now and you think they're the blessed ones, but according to God, they're the paupers. Whereas we are blessed beyond our wildest imagination. So just how much blessing does God give us? Well, that's the fourth thing that Paul points out. How much blessing does he give us? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. He hasn't given us a meagre amount of blessing, not some blessing, not a good portion of the blessings that he could. You and I, if we know Jesus, we have it all. Every spiritual blessing. He said, I don't feel like it. How can that be? Well, maybe we could qualify. Well, what does he mean by spiritual blessing then? Huh? Maybe that gets us out of it. <laughs> well, you can see there in the Greek sentence there that the word translated as spiritual is pneumatikos, uh, which we get uh, pneumatic drill or pneumatic tyres from, ones that got air in them. There you go. <laughs> uh, pneumatikos can be wind or air or spirit. But this doesn't mean that you know, the blessings are all ethereal or ghostly as opposed to physical blessings. Uh, and nor does it spiritual mean uh, what it's come to mean in our modern world, which is emotional. You know, the, who's the truly spiritual person? It's the one who's, who's in touch with their feelings, you know, who knows themselves and who they are and stuff. That's not spiritual. That's just girly. I mean, that's, it's, it's emotional. Um, you don't have to be in touch with your feelings to be truly spiritual in God's eyes. You have to have Jesus. And if you have Jesus, then you have every spiritual blessing. Which, if my maths is right, and I did a lot of maths, I did five years of university maths just for fun. Uh, and so I think my maths is right. Uh, if that's true, if you belong to Jesus, then that makes you personally the most blessed person who has ever existed. Well, equal first, at least, with every other Christian. <laughs> what spiritual means here and most places in the Bible is that it's something that's attached to the Holy Spirit. In other words, when it says God blesses us with every spiritual blessing, it's saying he blesses us with all that is possible to be dispensed to us through the agency of the Holy Spirit. Every possible thing you could be blessed with by God's Spirit, you already have been. So you don't need to feel inadequate as a Christian. <laughs> You don't need to feel ripped off by God. You don't need to feel jealous of other Christians who, who might tell you that they are more spiritually blessed than you. They're not. Uh, you don't need to feel that you're not well equipped for life as a Christian. You don't need to feel that God's holding out on you or that you don't have the spiritual resources to deal with any of the issues that you might have been thinking about at the start when we did our spiritual health check. 
don't feel dudded. If you belong to Jesus, you have every spiritual blessing. And, and he lists a whole lot of them over the next 10 verses. Verse 4. Here's some of these spiritual blessings of which you have every one. God chose you before the creation of the world to be holy in his sight. That's a great blessing, isn't it? Verse 5. He predestined you, as he, he thought it out beforehand and decided that you would be adopted as his child. You're going to be one of his kids. Verse 7, you were redeemed, that is, you were bought from slavery. Verse 7 again, all of your sins are forgiven. Past, present, future. Verse 9, you get to know what God's will for the universe is. Verse 11, you were chosen by God who works out everything. Verse 12, you were called out of all the people in the world to be one of the ones who exist for God's glory. Verse 13, you were included with Jesus in Jesus Christ when you heard and received the gospel. Verse 14, you were given the Holy Spirit in full measure, I might add, um, to mark you out. That is, God has set his seal of ownership on you. Verse 14, you have an internal inheritance that is guaranteed in stone or even better, by God himself. And that's just some of the highlights. Every spiritual blessing. You, you must never consider yourself a second-class citizen in God's books if you are his. You have it all. All these and every other spiritual blessing that God has ever promised and spoken about. We say, oh, I don't feel that spiritual. My, my prayer life is in... in in good order. I don't think to pray much and even then I don't want know what to pray for. And well, I've got good news for you, Romans 8.28. You know, we don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groans that words can actually... It's not talking about speaking in tongues. It's saying that God prays to God on your behalf. He knows you and he's praying for you to the other one, the member of the Trinity. <laughs> You have that blessing from God. And we say, oh, well, you know what, okay. I'd be right, I'd feel that I have more blessing if I, if I just had more love. I just need to know that God really loves me. Well, God says he, he has shed his love abroad in our hearts. Or, or go to the evidence that God gives of his love for you. Yeah, what more can God do to prove himself than sacrifice his own son on your behalf out of his love? But then we say, oh, well, I feel weak. I need strength from you, God. Yeah? When you have the promise from God that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Every spiritual blessing. But that also means, therefore, that if anyone ever comes to you and says, well, you need something else, a bit more, you need a second blessing, or you need a baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know, it's good you become a Christian, you know, a fantastic, uh, now you need to become a real Christian. <laughs> You know, you've been forgiven, but you need the thing that gives you true spirituality. Well, you could politely tell them that what they're offering must be a fake because God says he's already given you every spiritual blessing. Or maybe impolitely just tell them to sod off because they're telling you lies. <laughs> but there's a fifth thing to know about God and blessing. See, where are these blessings given? It's kind of a strange question. But he tells us where. He says... In the heavenly realms, as the NIV has it, or more accurately, in the heavenlies, whatever they are. 
Uh, now some people say, well, he must be talking about heaven, God's in heaven, sending out these blessings. Um, God dwells there, he sits on his throne. Well, not strictly speaking, although I think it includes heaven. Uh, verse 20 uses the same word heavenlies to say that's where Christ was raised in power to his throne in the heavenlies. Uh, chapter 2, verse 6, though, says that that's where we are as Christians. We are in the heavenlies because we've been raised with Christ too. That's like in Colossians chapter 3. We looked at it a few weeks ago. Go back and listen to that for a longer explanation. But it's more than that because chapter 6, verse 12, Paul says that we as Christians wrestle and struggle not just against flesh and blood. We're not just fighting other people in this world who hate us, but we're fighting against the spiritual powers and principalities that exist in the heavenlies. And so it's really talking about the whole domain of the supernatural. That's what the heavenly means, uh, the supernatural realm, in the supernatural realities where, where God reigns, where Christ is risen, where we've been raised, and where God's fighting the spiritual enemies and where he's laid the death blow and where he will be announced as the victor at some point. That is where all these blessings originate from and where we've been caught up to in Christ and, and where we experience them all. We, we are supernatural beings now. We're supernatural realities here that he's talking about. But there's one final thing to know about God and blessing. God is the blessed one. He's the one who gives all blessings. The people he blesses are those who believe in Jesus Christ, his people. What he blesses us with is everything, <laughs> every spiritual blessing. He does it in and from the heavenly realms where he reigns and will destroy his enemies, though they war with him now, but he will defeat them, and where we've been united with Christ already in glory. But finally and crucially, all of these blessings are only available and they are only found in Christ Jesus. Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And you can see as he holds out these blessings which we're going to be talking through in great detail over the next few weeks, how every single one of them is because of Jesus Christ. In fact, 11 times in this one sentence from verse 3 to 14, he says that every item on this list comes only in connection with Jesus. We have grace in his beloved son. We have redemption and forgiveness in him. We are included in him. It's, it's all connected to and all because of him. Every spiritual blessing from God is found exclusively in him. It cannot be found in any other religion. It is not spiritual. It may be emotional. It may talk about gods or God or whatever. It may talk supernatural, but it is not spiritual. Everything is found only in connection with Jesus, which is just as well because he is the one the whole universe is made for, Jesus Christ. I said at the start I want you to go home today rejoicing in God that everything it is possible for God to give us spiritually he has already done. You have it all. So don't be jealous. Don't be discontent. Don't be confused by those who might tell you there's another step in spiritual blessing uh, because you haven't received, uh, you've received everything if you're his child. But what's more important than all that is that you give God all the praise for it. Bless God. Praise him. 
Don't be disgruntled, but honour him. You might have a beef with him and not know what he's doing at the moment. But that doesn't mean you can't praise him and say, you know what, I don't know, but that's because I'm weak, but you are amazing. Know that he is good and tell him. Shout it out to the world. God is good. He is the blessed one that dispenses all his blessings generously and lavishly on us in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for the riches of your word and thank you for uh, this stuff about you, about how awesome you are in and of yourself, but also in what you've done for us. We thank you for your mercy, your love and every spiritual blessing given to us in Christ Jesus. We thank you that we have it all, even though we don't realise that we are spiritually rich. You've blessed us so abundantly and we need to thank you for it. Help us to do that each day, whatever's going on. We pray for those who are struggling at the moment with some sin or with some beef with you, some question or struggling to honour you in what they do. Help them through it. Help us to care for them together. But we pray that you will bring them to know who they are and what they have in Jesus Christ. Amen.